Here at LinkedIn, we're always looking to encourage creative, community-driven content. And here is a classic example. Today, we have Stephanie, Marina, Valeria, and Sahar, and they are going to have a candid conversation about the experience of being a woman in STEM. These type of podcasts are fantastic for Lean In. This is really what we're looking for. And I would expect, based on the conversation had today on this podcast, that they're probably going to have their own podcast really soon. Anyway, please lean in and enjoy this conversation with Stephanie, Marina, Valeria, and Sahar. Hello, everyone. My name is Valeria, and I'm here with Marina. Hi. and Stephanie. Me and Marina are actually going into our third year of biomed. You may recognize us from a biosketch podcast that we actually met in, thanks to Brian. We connected afterwards and started talking, which led to the idea of taking up Brian's passing offer of leading our own podcast. Marina, if you'd like to explain what we want this podcast to be about. Yeah, so I think that being student-directed, and especially with the topic that we're covering this podcast about women in STEM, having something led by two young women in STEM would be relatable. And it's meant to create a space for an interesting and constructive discussion in which we can focus on how we can cooperatively work together and lift each other up. In this specific episode, we will be talking about our experiences as women in STEM and some of those challenges. And we have two wonderful ladies on, Seher and Stephanie. And would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Sure. So my name is Stephanie. I am also a third year biomedical student. I've been interested in science, I'd say later in high school. I originally was looking into like theater. And then I don't know, something happened when I hit like grades 11 and, 11 and 12. And I've just been in science ever since and I love it. That's awesome. And uh, how about you, Sahar? Hi, so my name is Sahar. Um, and I've also recently started being interested in science in high school. I think like as a kid, I was always very curious to like figure out how things work. But I didn't really see myself in the science field until recently when it started getting more focused and not so general. And yeah. I'm, in the, I'm in the biology program, which is like a little different than biomed, but I wanted like a more broader aspect, more about like the world and like, and specifically like climate change and like ways mm. to preserve the environment. So that's really interesting mm. to me. So that's why I chose to go into biology at Ryerson, and I'm really liking the program so far. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like the there's like this, this slight distinction between, even though we have many shared courses initially between the biology and biomed program, there's always the distinction of like the focus for um, what the student is most interested in. I feel like for me, the biggest things I'm interested in, like how the human body works, and that's my biggest passion. And of course, like, I, I also, like, I think we're all here are very curious people and want to know how things work. And biology is, like, more generally broad and you can learn about how many more different things work in nature and how everything just comes together. So, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And um, I was thinking we could just jump right into it. We have a set of questions that we wanted to ask all of our ladies here. And this is going to be a really broad question, but and kind of a big one as well. But how do you think 
being a woman has shaped your experience being in STEM? What do you think it has made you aware of or how has it impacted you personally? Very broad question. You can answer however you think is appropriate. And we'll start with Stephanie. Um, So to begin with, being a woman in STEM, I feel like it definitely has its challenges, especially like personally, I'm very into like hair and makeup. I'm extremely girly. And I think because of that, people often think I can't be in science or they're very surprised when I am in science or I'll say I study biomedical sciences and people are like, oh, are you in nursing? And I'm like, no, I study biomedical sciences. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's just hard to be taken seriously. Um, I think also like the way I talk, I always talk very like colloquially, just like very general. I don't sound necessarily, you know, very professional in my everyday life. Like I just, I talk like any other 19 year old would. And I think that sometimes people expect, you know, when they hear woman in science, they expect like very educated, bland, boring, smart book person. And like, I just don't fit that. Yeah. I think that's a little bit what I've experienced. Yeah, you find it very easy to be expected to fall into a certain stereotype of what a woman in STEM should or shouldn't be. And whether or not you fall into that, it does affect the way that you see yourself, I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Sahara. Sure. So um, I agree with Stephanie's points. I feel like it's really easy to steer into the stereotype as well. Like, even though sometimes I want to be very girly or just like feminine um sometimes I steer towards more of like a professional way of either dressing or talking just so that I could be taken more seriously I think from a young age it's been just like subconsciously passed down that if you don't look a certain way you won't be taken seriously so like I totally Mm -hmm. understand that another thing that I've experienced in high school was being like opinionated woman and when I say opinionated I mean just having an opinion yeah it makes you intimidating towards like men and towards other women as well so there's always like that subtle form of competition between women and competition is healthy like I understand but it sort of creates like negative vibes when you have a loud opinion like I think personally I've always had like a distinct opinion and I haven't been afraid to like say what's on my mind and stuff but in high school the division is really clear between people who seem intimidating because they have an opinion especially women and then the people who kind of just like observe I experienced sort of that like the divide when people would say that I seemed very unapproachable because I was like an opinionated woman or I was like involved in student government and I was like student body prime minister so people would be like afraid to approach me because because of everything that was associated with me sort of like oh she knows what she wants so she seems unapproachable and I think that shouldn't be the case like just because I have a strong opinion doesn't mean I'm any less of a nice person any less of an open person willing to like start a conversation with new people even in business like I think very high highly educated high paying jobs business women seem intimidating towards other people, but it's really just them fulfilling like their goals. So it shouldn't yeah, be that way. Okay. I kept thinking as you were talking that like people will 
often label you as a bitch. Like they'll call either to your face or behind your back. They'll say you're a bitch just simply for being opinionated. But do you think that and intelligent and outspoken? Yeah, just for being opinionated and assertive. And intelligent. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that I've ever heard a man called a bitch because exactly given his opinion. I've never, at least in my experience. If a man, exactly, if a man was like assertive and opinionated and he wasn't afraid to like speak against like a crowd or whatever, speak his mind, he gets labeled as a leader. Yeah, Yeah, like a good leader. But on the other hand, if we do it, it's very easy to be exactly like labeled as a bitch bitch. or like unapproachable or aggressive or just like aggressive. Oh, I've got emotional. Um, yeah you're too intense like (laughs) and it drives people away which is the sad part because you want to surround yourself with great people but you're it seems like being this way just drives people away but it's really you just being yourself and a man it's so opposite so I'm wondering Mm -hmm. like base this is I feel like also this kind of really stems from quite a long history of just like what was expected of women in society is that you know like centuries in the making yeah like shouldn't be opinionated women like you know they used to say like um politics is too dirty for women or you know that kind of thing and that there's this a side of like the stereotype of femininity which is associated with softness and and being quiet and being you know like sort of submissive and yeah so I feel like once you are a strong like independent like minded individual you start to encounter still nowadays like those issues and so I'm wondering whether you Stephanie and Sahir like have felt that you needed to dumb yourself down in certain situations not express your opinion like come off less intense less intelligent because of this I think I've experienced the exact opposite where I have to overcompensate because everyone already assumes that I don't know anything. And it's and the crazy thing is it's not just men. Like I've had other women mm. in STEM. Like, you know, I remember in high school, I was taking, I took physics in summer school and this one girl was taking it and we were talking about it. And she was like, oh, by the way, what'd you get? And I had gotten like a 90 something in the course. And she was like, oh my God, I thought you were stupid. And she literally wow. said that to my face. And she was actually like one of my, like, not like friends, but like good acquaintances. And it was just kind of shocking that, you know, we do this to ourselves. So I find because yep. of that, because I don't come off as very intelligent, because I'm very feminine, I, I don't have to dumb myself down. I have to like show up 10 times as prepared as everybody else to be taken seriously. Yeah, that was actually going to be one of the questions we were going to ask is, literally right here it's written do you feel any pressure to prove yourself or overcompensate because for some reason like you said femininity is at times associated with dumbness with a lack of intelligence and that can be even in like recognized in fellow women that they'll think that you're stupid or uneducated because you are feminine I think that there's definitely, this is also like a a part of the reason why we wanted to have this discussion, because I think that, you know, gender stereotypes don't just get enforced by the opposite sex. I feel like, I feel like throughout, you know, our socialization, we also sort of enforce these things on each other, whether that's like women judging each other for the way they dress or the way they present themselves or, 
you know, those kinds of things. So I think that, yeah, it goes like both ways. And it would also just be so interesting to start creating a discussion where we can like build each other up instead of mm-hmm. pressuring each other in these ways, you know, and as, uh, perpetuating these sort of stereotypes and assumptions about each other. Yeah. And also recognize when we're perpetuating these stereotypes ourselves, because all of us have been shaped by the environment that we've grown in. And that environment is one that does not value women as highly. And we have to be able to recognize when that's being exhibited in our behavior and when we're negatively impacting other people. Unless if we're only calling it out in other people, nothing's going to change because everybody's still going to hold what's inside of themselves if we don't hold not only the people around us are accountable, but ourselves accountable. I find that interesting then that we have like two stark opposites where Stephanie feels she needs to overcompensate. And, you know, every also everyone's personality is different, right? Like some of these like aspects, like how outspoken you are and, and, and like some level of intensity and that kind of thing is also a personality factor. Whereas Sahara feels like she has to, or that her intensity pushes people away so I find that there's like a that's very interesting that there's like two opposite sides to the coin but both are sort of coming from the same issue of just not being able to just see people like accept people for who they are and not assume you know things about them based off of how they come off sort of like on the opposite thing like I know Stephanie says that she feels she needs to overcompensate for me it's the opposite. Like, I do feel like I need to be less intense, like exactly as you said, so that I don't push people away in terms of like, personal things as well. Like, even when you're, I don't know, like on a dating app, that was like mentioned earlier, first impressions, it's not going to be like, 100% personality, I feel like I give more like 10% personality, Mm -hmm. just to test the vibe. And Mm -hmm. make sure that the other person doesn't get scared of just how, like, put together I am. Or just, like, I don't want to say, like, I'm not anti-submissive. I'm just, like, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not looking. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know how to explain. (laughs) I'm just trying to be myself. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but I don't want to seem, like, pushy or aggressive, like, again, or just, like, emotional or bitch. So I do find myself giving 10% rather than 100% when I just meet new people just to see like how it would turn out or whatever. Yeah, no, I feel like this kind of also jumps into another like topic that that we wanted to discuss, which was imposter syndrome. And I was wondering like, Valeria, if you'd like to explain what that is so we can see if, if people have people on this podcast have felt that experience yeah of course so basically if any of our listeners don't know what imposter syndrome is it's basically what it sounds like you could be this incredibly accomplished educated intelligent person but you may not feel that you have actually earned any of your achievements you feel like you are an imposter that you are lying to everybody that you are not as smart as other people may perceive you to be or that you don't deserve yeah, what you've earned. And uh, yeah. I think women, especially that in that context specifically, it can tie in very closely because as a woman, you're basically, in terms of consumerism, you're basically taught to hate yourself. 
so that yeah. you'll buy products. Yeah. To not hate yourself eventually, to make yourself prettier, to do this, to do that, right? And so in a society that is trying to make you hate yourself, it can make you very insecure in your own accomplishments, even if you're completely deserving, completely earned it of your own merit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I wonder if any of you, including you, Marina, have ever experienced that? Because I know I have, at least to some extent. Sahar, would you like to um, jump in here? Sure. Yeah, like I, I totally understand. I guess also women aren't recognized as much as men for their accomplishments, which is also mm. a factor about why maybe we feel like we don't actually deserve what we get. but Or have the credit stolen from them. Exactly. Like exactly exactly yeah. so we see so much in history about women having these great accomplishments which men had nothing to do with but they were very easy to swoop in and take the credit and then have all the fame in comparison to the women so again like I think this is entrenched in history about how when men have a success it's uplifted to like a great standard you know they get like Nobel prizes and they get recognized by like the president but very, like, very much less often we see women be, like doing the exact same or even more than men and just not getting even a fraction of the same amount of praise. Mm. So I think, and also another thing is when women celebrate their accomplishments, I think they get labeled as self-obsessed Yeah, ra- mm-hmm. rather than when men celebrate their accomplishments, everyone sort of agrees that they deserve like celebration and praise and stuff. They're not and labeled I get as it. arrogant. Exactly. They're not labeled as arrogant. They're ma- labeled as like self-sufficient, you know, like self-starter and very like innovative. But yeah, like I often find myself, like I humble myself when something, when something like I, you know, achieve something great I try not to announce it or, you know, I like tell my close friends, but I'm never like posting it on like social media yeah, and things like that. Just because I'm afraid people might label me as self-obsessed because it's very easy to be labeled as self-obsessed. And again, like I don't need other people's bad vibes. Like I know myself that I accomplished my goals. I don't need like validation from other people. But it's different for other women, obviously, depending on your personality. And I get it. But it's not the same. Like, men get praised much more highly than women. So I feel like we have the urge to not celebrate our achievements as much, which we should be doing more, like uplifting each other and celebrating our achievements because they are worth celebrating. Yeah, exactly. That's why we wanted to have this conversation and to create this podcast so that we can talk with each other and uplift each other and also relate to each other so that we don't so that we know that we're not alone in these experiences stephanie i actually wanted to hear if you had anything to say on this topic about imposter syndrome or anything else that you've been thinking of so when it comes to imposter syndrome my first reaction was no but then the more i started to think you know we've all had these lab experiences where sometimes you're like the dominant partner in a lab and you're the person doing a little bit more of the work and other times you're the person you know maybe doing a little bit less and sometimes it's even and like we've all done so many labs and we all know this is the case and i was just thinking back to one of my old labs and i was like wow i had a really 
good partner for that lab. Like he really was like, he, he did a lot of the work really early on and was just like, okay, you can do this, this, and this. And then I ended up, you know, having to do a little bit less and, and it worked out great for me. And then I was thinking like, does that make my, like, does that, you know, kind of cheat me of that lab? Like, did I not really earn that credit? And then I started thinking like, no, because like in other situations, you know, I've done more and it kind of balances out and like, no one ever recognizes the times they go above and beyond. They only recognize the times where maybe they fall a little bit short. And so like, I think everything evens out and like, I shouldn't be focusing on that one lab where I had a, a partner who, you know, did their work at the beginning of the week, as opposed to the end, like I sometimes do. And, but other than that, I have to say no, because I was raised by a single mother. And I think that because of that, she's kind of, she's always told me like, you deserve, you know, everything that you have, like, you're not like, she's always like, really enforced these like, good mantras in me, where like, I know that I deserve and I am deserving. And that I, you know, am worthy of everything that I accomplish as a woman. And like, I think that's, yeah, I do. So it's like me, my mom and two sisters. So I think that in my household, I I feel more, I experience things that are outside of my control. Like when people, you know, expect me to look a certain way, but I think the things that I can control, like my outlook, like imposter syndrome, for example, I don't really have any negative experiences in that realm because of, you know, my mother and my sisters. That's really awesome. Yeah. And like everyone has different experiences. Right. And like we're all going to have different perspectives on things and how things have affected us specifically, because also there's like massive personality differences and differences in like culture of possibly because we are in a very multicultural city, like culture in which uh, your household raised you in and, you know, your own specific parents and your own specific experiences like at an early age. So, yeah, I find that that interesting again like I like the variety of perspectives here yeah we've definitely all been very different environments I was wondering on that topic if anything has ever sort of discouraged you in the past pursuing something that you have you felt at some point that because you're a woman there's something you can't do or not the same or it'll be harder or someone told you that you know women can't this is going to be harder for you because you're a woman or like this isn't attractive to do because you're a woman I was just wondering if you guys have any experience with that Mm -hmm. like anything discouraging and also I'd love to hear about how you dealt with it how you coped with it because I don't want this podcast to just be us complaining I want to (laughs) build and help each other like to make ourselves better and help ourselves better handle these situations I'll start with my anecdote was in high school I wanted I was actually very interested in cinematography as well as science and you know it was kind of it it was a, a difficult decision to go into science but I'm happy I did and a friend of mine in high school was very interested in film and I was talking to her about it and about what she, what her aspirations were and things like that and she really wanted to be a director and she is really awesome I think she would have done an awesome job but she said to me but I'm a woman and there's barely any female directors so this isn't really a realistic goal like this is I shouldn't get my hopes up about this and then I told her don't tell yourself that you know because that's where it gets to you because if you don't try because you you listen you might 
encounter the difficulty that comes with that, right? But if you never tried because of it, then you've been defeated before you've even, like, started the game, you know? So that was, I think, a situation in which I feel like we can sort of redirect each other to not fear certain aspirations or goals simply because of the way that we see the disparities in society right now. Yeah, I just want to play off on what you said. So like, for me specifically in high school, I had like a similar choice that I wanted to make. I was really interested in like politics and political science. Yeah. And hoping to be maybe like politician or just like somebody who has been you know, like the House of Commons or something like that. But women in politics is like a whole nother topic that we can talk about for hours. And you said in the beginning about how like politics is too dirty for women. And that stuck with me because that's exactly how I felt in high school when I was deciding like what I wanted to go into because female politicians, especially like even in Canada, but in my town, in my like region, there's very limited number of them. and. I'm glad that I'm seeing more and more every year, but it really did limit me. And sometimes I beat myself up for it thinking like, oh, I really let it like restrict me from pursuing something that could have been something I was like proud of, but I don't regret anything in the past. I do wish that I did pursue it a little bit more, but you know, like people say, politics they start going off on your character and like Mm. taking up things from your past and stuff like that so I kind of like just like scared myself out of it yeah but again I think politics we make up like half the world's population we should be making decisions on behalf of like people in our communities the women should be in like political roles and especially nowadays we see so much drama with male politicians with history of like sexual abuse or just fraudulent behavior and we see it in women too like this is not me complaining but yeah we should have more female representatives because men are making decisions on behalf of women without taking into account what women are feeling which is not how the world should be we should have a say in like well it's like representation right like politics is about representation and half of your population is underrepresented like fundamentally before we even speak of all the other groups that aren't represented but in a democracy like 50 something percent of your population is barely represented like yeah and that's only women that's not even including all the cultural groups that are excluded from political discussions that really should include them I want to know if Stephanie has any thoughts on this yeah so when it comes to being discouraged from things like the first thing that pops into my head is like having a career and being a mom. And I know that's like, you know, not necessarily the closest thing in my future. It's something that I worry about. And I just feel like none of my male peers worry about this. And when I talk to them about it, they're like, what? And I'm like, you don't talk about this. Like me and my girlfriends all the time, we're talking about like, how am I supposed to, you know, do four years, eight years of university and then do this and then do that and then have my kid and then where am I going to live? Because when I'm done with all that, I'm going to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of student debt. So, and I just feel that like guys never think about that. And even like me personally, I have already like crossed out certain career paths because I'm like, there's no way that's happening and I'm going to have a kid before I'm 30. Right. Mm. So, and I just feel that it's like, 
I wish it was a little more fair because, you know, if I knew that males were also thinking about this and like maybe saving or like planning strategically, then you'd have like twice the support. But I feel like it's mostly my responsibility, which is so weird. Like, why do I think that? Right. Yeah, because uh, I've given thought to it, too. And it's I think I've actually said to people, I only want one kid because I don't know how I'm going to be successful at my career I'm very career driven I want to really immerse myself in the career that I choose just because I love what I do but I've said oh I'm only having one kid because I need to be able to give it enough attention enough love and it's a fear of it's like a man can have a successful career and still be a good father but it's it seems much more difficult for the same to happen for women without her being judged as being a bad mother I think so too and I think you also have to see the fear of like so I personally want to go to medical school and you know there's obviously like when we know about biology there's obviously a certain time frame within which you want to have children like for biological reasons like health reasons genetic reasons and you know the further you push that down the line like the more risks like you are taking personally for me, like I know that that's a risk in my family to have children too late, but you know, I think medical school. Okay. I'm done when I'm 26 best case scenario. Cause I get in right. Then maybe four years of residency where I'm making like not enough money to like pay off my student debt. And then how old am I now? I'm 30. Now I'm like, yeah, much less to raise a, a child. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm supposed to like raise a kid and obviously I want to be there and I want to spend time like I want this kid to have a present mom that is invested in them as well but I also really care about my career and I want that flexibility and and so I have thought about that and I've actually been stressing about this recently I've been thinking like when am I gonna have a kid like how am I gonna take care of it like Because I want to, and it's not that, like, not every woman wants to have children. And that's also, like, a sort of assumption that we always make, too. (laughs) But, like, I personally do, but it doesn't need to be a, it's like a, people think you either want to have children or you want a career. Like, you can't do both. But it's like, it's like, I want both. Like, I'm very Yeah, but a man would never have to make that decision. And it just makes me so frustrated that, like, I'm here I'm 20 years old and I'm stressing about this when it's like none of my other friends are. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to go to school and do what I'm going to do. And I'm like, I just feel so much pressure because yeah. at the same time I want to stay home. But I know like myself, like during the summers, if I don't do summer school, I get so bored. Like I physically could not stay home while my kids are at school. Like I have to have a career for me to like feel sane. Like I need to do things that are productive. So I I can't give up the career, but it's like I, I feel obligated as like the person to stay home with the kids because none of my male peers are willing to do that or even planning to have careers that will let them do that because it's just not on their radar right now. I was wondering, yeah. this, this is a moment where I'd like to jump in with like some positive changes. Like I, from my life experiences, I've interacted with quite a few men who were in a position where they said that they would like to be stay at home dads. And like, that's encouraging to see that that's more of like, aware in people's consciousness. But of course, that's not like, if that's not the norm. But I'm wondering if you like on this topic, because like, you know, we're all stressed about this now. And this is a little bit uh, depressing. Cause we're all just like, how am I supposed to do everything I want to do? Because like we, we I mean, I, I think every, I think all of us here 
like need to be mentally stimulated like we like Mm -hmm. challenges we like don't want to settle in our careers we want to keep pushing and we also like maybe want children and to love them and be good moms and also to not be like written off from a job because you took maternity leave so but yeah I'm wondering if you if you guys see any positive changes that make you optimistic in order to sort of like turn this around and like like let's look to the future and see if maybe do you think things are changing in our time and within our lifetime? I think paternity leave is becoming more normalized, like for dads to take time off, which is like a great thing because if you take them like back to back, then you don't even have to worry about like babysitting. But it's also like, why should mothers get maternity leave? But like, what about single dads who aren't offered paternity leave? Like, it's just like, mm. you know, So I'm glad that it's becoming more normalized and like, more people like I've literally said that to people and they're like what do you mean and I'm like well paternity leaves a thing too and like they didn't even know what it meant which is like crazy but I feel like now more people are are you know becoming aware of it and accepting of it which is great that's a good point I think this ties back into the conversation about representation if we have more female leaders representing society it's going to be more normalized that men kind of take more responsibility in terms of parental care and just things like that, because at least we'll have powerful women supporting women's decisions to be at work or stay at home, like whatever they prefer. So yeah, like women really need to be aiming for those like high representative roles, just so other women in the community can feel like um, they can feel comfortable pursuing their careers and not feel guilty um, because they don't want to be stay-at-home moms. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the same goes for stay-at-home dads because some, in my experience, have been mocked because of their desire to be a stay-at-home dad. It's seen as a threat to their masculinity, things such as that. And I think it's very important that not only do we encourage women to make their own decisions, whether they want to be in a position of power or whether they want to be more of a stay-at-home mom, even those those aren't mutually exclusive in any regard. But we should also encourage men to not feel pressured to have to provide for the family, because that's a big thing that I've noticed with the men in my family is that they feel so much pressure to have to provide for their family. And I'm sure that's very difficult for them as well on the other side. I'm just trying to see all the perspectives. Yeah, because we're not going to ever change anything if we're just looking at our own side of things, because I think there is, in terms of feminism, I think men should be included in the conversation as well. This might be like a controversial opinion, but I think that no, if they're included it's, it's in the com- a... conversation, then I think a lot of men's issues are neglected in terms of like, for example, this is a really off topic example, but have you ever seen a plus size male model? Have you ever seen a plus size male model? No. No, and that's kind of what I mean. That, I that's- feel like the, the only time I do is when it's on social media, but then it's like it's it's their own account. You know what I mean? It's not like through an agency. Like the right. only way they get a platform is to make their own, which is like really awful. I yeah, think, and I feel like I think, it would be good to. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think you're so right to bring this point up because this is a mutual like both genders experience different gender stereotypes and norms and pressures like Mm -hmm. the pressure to provide is 100% that is something that you know men are 
and then men are mocked for not having high paying enough careers and you know masculinity and not being able to open up about you know maybe your your emotions and there's so many issues on both sides i think where we're we've both genders have been boxed in this way and to sort of get out of this like both of us need to we need to acknowledge each other's struggles and where we are mm-hmm. being and you know i mean we we enforce these things on into onto each other uh because you know that's just how socialization works but i yeah. would do, i would love to include men in these conversations too of like you know how has somebody reacted to you when you said you want to be a stay at home dad or you know how how have people made you feel about your body or about other aspects? And I think, you know, I think really as a society, we just have still so much negative, like pressure and stereotypes and like norms that are just really everyone is struggling with, you know? Definitely. In terms of like feminism, like you said, I, in my opinion, including males in the conversation is not like a controversial topic. Feminism is very- Some people- I get it. Like, like I totally understand but, where you're yeah. coming from, but I don't think it's controversial. Obviously, like in oh, my own opinion, <laughs> but it's only because I think a lot of people assume that feminism means that women should be treated better than men. But that's not what we're fighting for. It's a fight for equality, and we're only ever going to reach equality if we include men in the conversation because exactly. I think when we don't include them, it just creates a bigger divide between mm-hmm. men and women. Exactly. Yeah, men should definitely be. Exactly. Yeah. And it would be interesting, actually, to have this kind of conversation maybe in the future with some men on the podcast and see what from their perspective. Like Stephanie was talking about Mm -hmm. how her male peers didn't, when she talked to them, they didn't have, seem to have the experience of stressing about when am I going to have a kid? Like, how old am I going to be? And that kind of thing. And like, maybe we could see a perspective of like something that they might stress about that we don't necessarily think about as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, fr- but, I really like this discussion. Uh, yeah, me too. I want to I wanna finish off with, like, female role models, though. Just because, like, oh, yeah. I'm so, I love, I love female role models. They've always inspired me. And I was, like, wondering what your, like, biggest female role models are for everyone here. I was just thinking about that. I was going to say that we should switch gears uh, for the conversation since it's probably going to come to an end sometime soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the topics we wanted to touch on, me and Marina, that we discussed about was what are your favorite female role models or females in your life or any famous scientists, anything like that, that you look up to that inspires you as a woman yourself? I think when it comes to like female role model, like, of course, I got to say my mom, like, (laughs) yeah, like she's a like a single mom. She works. She she's like literally done everything my entire life. But like, other than that, I would have to say Oprah. I think that's like, it's something I've said before. It's something that I'm going to keep saying. And I just love her so much because like, she's such a, like, she is feminine. She is very like giving and, but she's also like humble and she is powerful. And like, she does like know her worth as well. And it's just so nice to see like, she has a business, but like, she didn't sacrifice her femininity for that. Mm-hmm. and she's just she's so inspiring and like everything she says is like phenomenal anything that comes out of her mouth I'm like oh my god it's brilliant yeah, she's so empathetic <sighs> and giving as well 100% and I think that's like you know something that I try to do every day is like mm-hmm. be successful without changing who I am mm-hmm. I love that Sahar would you like to comment 
as well? Sure. I think throughout my life, I've had like changing female role models just because I've been a time and a place for just a lot of women in my life. Yep. Um, And you can also have multiple at the same time easily. Exactly. Definitely. I think the first thing I want to mention is surrounding yourself with good female friends. I know that's not technically like a role model, but Mm -hmm. it's very like impactful when you surround yourself with negative versus positive energy. Mm -hmm. I think in high school, like we were much more limited to the amount of women that we were in contact with in terms of friends Mm -hmm. and friend groups. So I found myself like trying to impress them and just not being true to myself because I didn't have enough variety to pick and choose very positive relationships. But getting into university, I've met so many more, including you guys, just like positive, just positive female friends, friendships and relationships. And it's totally changed my outlook on life because they're so uplifting. And all of us have experienced like negative competition about women just like competing against each other, even if it's for something like as small as relationships to just career paths and stuff like women are at each other's necks a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But coming into university and just experiencing such positive female friendships is such a breath of fresh air. And I am so glad I decided to come to university with this much diversity because just because yeah. of the positive females that I've encountered. But like a more famous role model that has um, influenced me currently is the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Like, Oh my God, Jacinda! Oh, love her. Yeah, she's so she's a woman and she has a baby. So she's a mom. And she has not only like broken so many records about just like curing her, curing New Zealand, not curing, but like keeping the rates of, COVID at like an all-time low and just dealing with natural disaster and just being like a a leader like a real life leader and not being labeled as aggressive or you know like emotional and things like that I think that is such a like a great step towards equality having her being like running um New Zealand so yeah 100% yeah, and Marina, it's, you're Kiwi, right? That's so basically, I'm actually from New Zealand, so I'm following it because I can vote in that election. I have a passport, and I she's so amazing. Like, there's an interview of her where she continues an interview even though an earthquake starts happening, like a minor earthquake. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, there's just, like, an earthquake. We're good. Like, she's so cool. <laughs> and I feel she's like she didn't have to cool. sacrifice she didn't have to sacrifice her femininity to be there. She didn't have exactly. to dress like a man or act masculine she could just she just is and she has a big heart and I really like she's very inspiring for sure 100 percent, yeah I think for me also this is kind of I don't know if you guys have met this person but at Ryerson for me a big female role model is a professor of epidemiology called Jordan Dr. Jordan Tustin she's just so cool she's gone all over as a field epidemiologist during the Ebola outbreak and during the uh, swine flu epidemic to Mexico. She's just so brave and like caring and intelligent and her fashion is really cool. She's just such an such an inspiring person. She's like a real life, like, I don't know, epidemiology tomb raider, like like Lara Croft. I don't know if you guys know Lara Croft. I love those games. Um, <laughs> so that's like my, my shout out to her. And if you guys ever like meet her, she's very inspiring to talk to. One thing that I love that just happened a bunch was 
we just called them all really cool. And I feel like we should start doing that instead of calling women leaders bitchy. We'll just be like, oh, they're just really cool. Like, they're just really, <laughs> they're they're just, if you think, if you're intimidated, they it's because badass. they're so cool. You're just a badass. Like <laughs> Exactly. And I feel like we should normalize that. There yes. are no bitchy women leaders. They're just really cool. They're just mm. awesome. Yeah. How about you, thank Valeria? all of you. Oh, thank you. Goodness. <laughs> all right. Marina, what were you saying? I'm sorry. No, what, what's, what's your female role model, Valeria? Oh, uh, I was going to say, I really love Margaret Hamilton. I was reading up on her a while ago, and I was reading some book based off of her story. And she is a, she was a computer scientist that worked on the Apollo program. Uh, she helped with the computer engineering of all that. And Oh, I've I just, heard about her. Yeah. I, especially at that time. This was in the, when was this? When was this? I should probably like, know more prob- about this if she's my role probably model. Probably like 60s. But... Probably like 60s, yeah. right? Apollo so program? in the 60s, I, I can't believe how difficult that must have been for her in that time to be surrounded by a male-dominated field in the 1960s. Computer science is still a male-dominated field. So yeah. I just, I commend her so much for being able to get into that position. I I just really admire intelligent women and I think I also agree with uh, Sahar. I agree with what you said about surrounding yourself with inspiring female women because I have a lot of friends from high school that I am still very close with. And while they're not all in science, they're just such hard workers and such respectable women. And I love them to death. I don't know where I'd be without them. And they're such supports for me and they inspire me in how hard they work and yeah I I really hope that I can do the same for them that I can provide that same uplift for them as well that was so wholesome I love that <laughs> this whole thing has very you. wholesome this is yeah, so awesome. I love like it. goosebumps <laughs> we're ending this off on some good vibes okay yeah yeah positive I'm- vibes only I love talking to you guys. So much fun. I hope we can have you on again to talk about other topics. And thank you so much for like contributing your perspectives and your ideas. And yeah, like let us know if there's anything else you would like to explore in the future in future conversations. For sure. Thank you for having us. Been almost an hour, I think. So yeah, it should be time to wrap it up. We all have things to do, places to be. Nice meeting everyone. Yes, nice to meet you too. Hopefully we will have you on again. So we'll stay in touch. And I hope that the listeners out there have related and can maybe even give us some feedback about other topics they'd like us to cover or perspectives. Oh yeah, feedback is so necessary. All right, thanks everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Okay, thank you for all the good vibes, everything that's been uplifting. Have a nice day, okay? All right, goodbye. Goodbye.